Hello and welcome to All Villa No Villa, a podcast all about Aston Villa, the world's greatest football team, but even the world's best, can lose miserably 2-1 at Brentford to kick off the new year in style. We'll get to that in a moment. We'll also crank up the heat as Frankie asks me another spicy question. But before Frankie poses me that question, it's time I check up on him. Frankie, it's been a while. I haven't spoken to you that much over the Christmas period. How was it? And Happy New Year to you. Yep. Happy New Year to you. A Happy New Year to everybody listening as well. Yeah. All right. I was basically COVID affected, kind of like the, the football schedule. I was uh, locked down with COVID until just past Boxing Day, which was uh, a bit rubbish. Um, but uh, I did manage to get home for a bit. Uh, after that, uh, see a few people. Um, spent a lot of time watching movies, you know, like Home Alone one, two. Watching, you know, burglars get nails drilled into their face, um, <laughs> the heads burnt off. Uh, also watched Elf, you know, so uh, you know, a very innocent, gullible weirdo walking around manhattan at night which is kind of reminiscent of me walking around birmingham as a teenager but yeah i also for christmas got a villa calendar um which was nice that seems to be that seems to be an annual uh tradition uh doesn't it frankie because I'm, I'm pretty sure i've seen a villa calendar behind you in the zoom calls in in, in years gone by yeah i've i've always had a villa calendar on the wall and it's always fun going through it looking at every player and going you won't be here in two months time <laughs> You won't be here. Oh, there's Esri concert. You'll be at Chelsea in November. Uh, a, you know, there's all these, yeah, there's a the sort of doom-mongerer villa feelings within me that I'm like, well, we're going to lose all these players. But then also I got FIFA and I've got to say, I played against Brentford, lost 2-1. So Wow. FIFA knew the FIFA algorithm worked it out. Won't tell you what happened against Man United. Yeah, probably for the best. I always think with those villa calendars as well going back, if you've got a particularly bad crop of players, every 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 month you're kind of like turning turning the covers, wondering which sort of dis- disastrous player that you've got uh, sort of representing uh, the next month of the year, like <laughs> Habi, Habi Bay or... Yeah. Uh, Borja you know. Baston. Borja Baston, Borja yeah. Baston, who? <laughs> yeah, no, I, well, I, I, I also spent a bit of time back in Birmingham. Um, unfortunately, it was, it was very brief. It was a bit of a whistle-stop tour because I had to... I had to work and I came back to back home and um, boiler packed in. Oh dear. Bo- boiler packed in. It's the Morgan Sanson of boilers. I've got. <laughs> um, it's, uh, it's been playing up for a while, but finally this is it. It's, um, it's finally over uh, the oh, relationship dear. between me and the boiler. So, and then trying to get a, like a plumber for someone, anyone to come in and fix it over the Christmas period is just, I mean, just, it's not going to happen. So yeah. I've been having to deal with cold water for the past three or four days oh my goodness been, i know this is awful this is what our grandparents have been telling us about for years <laughs> yeah exactly yeah you can lecture your grandkids about this four four day experience i don't know you were born the <laughs> yeah, winter exactly. the new year of 2022 <laughs> <laughs> the the, uh, the sky router packed in for two days you have no idea what that was like that was miserable well they're all they're, well they're like occupied in the metaverse wherever they'll be in like 20 years <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, well, so a bit of a bit of a miserable start to the new year for myself, and certainly it was for for, for Aston Villa too, wasn't it? <laughs> Finishing two one uh, at Brentford. Um, are you are you Gerard out yet, Frankie? Absolutely. Get, get rid. <laughs> Hasn't got a clue what he's doing. Get rid of Beal. Get rid of all the coaches uh, and bring in um, Pardew. I say. Uh, <laughs> 
yeah. uh, Phil Brown, maybe. Uh, no, um, it was such a Villa result, wasn't it? Yeah. What a, just such a Villa performance that, you know, we've looked really solid um, under Gerard. I think, since he's come in, even in the games we've lost against the top three. The Chelsea game wasn't great, but I'd say against Liverpool and Man City, there was a lot of encouraging signs there that, we, you know, we were hard to break down and play against. Um, but the Brentford game just felt like the villa of previous years. Um, since we've come back to the Premier League, basically, you know, I always hark back to that Arsenal game when they were down to 10 men. We were 2 on up and we just somehow passively allowed them to win 3-2. And that's a sort of a hallmark of the way we've been a bit the last few years. And that Brentford game sort of some, was just back to that. Really disappointing, you know, we controlled the first half. Excellent goal, you know, from two summer signings. You know, Buendia, who I thought had a really good game by and large, a few wayward passes, but... I guess with the kind of player he is, you know, he's always looking for, for a uh, to set up a chance. I guess you have to sort of accept that he's going to do that sometimes. And then an excellent finish from Danny Ings, who worked really hard yesterday. Still prefer Ollie Watkins, and I still think we missed Ollie Watkins quite heavily. Um, but, uh, you know, we really were dominant. Brentford misplacing passes everywhere. Um, they looked, I thought they looked really poor. Didn't really think. Couldn't really think how they were going to score unless it was a world-class goal and or a bit of a fluke. And, well, that's exactly what happened. They, they got yeah. a worldie of a goal. And, you know, we'd uh, pinned back their wingers. They hadn't got through at all. And then just near the halfway point, Rawslev breaks through. Um, Jacob Ramsey left him. Uh, sort of. He, so he managed to get beyond his marker. Ramsey is coming across to cover and help Matty target. Uh, gets the ball across to uh, Jan Visa and... Uh, it was an awesome finish, let's be honest. It was a clever bit of movement from Visa, stepping away from the two centre-backs. Could one of them have closed them down? I personally felt Ezri Conter did the right thing, just standing him up. Um, Hawes uh, looked a little lost, I thought. Um, struggled yesterday, Hawes. Uh, I think that's likely due to him not playing since October, really. And then second half, again, pretty dominant, but didn't create a lot. And it reminded me of the Sheffield United game last year. Very dominant, but somehow just lose. Um, and their goal, uh, I mean, the thing is we were dominant, but at the same time, I always felt like Brentford were more likely to score for some reason. Martinez had a brilliant save, second half, that tipping it just around the post. Yeah. And that was the warning. And then uh, Rawslev at the end. I mean, the whole build-up to that goal was just really passive from Villa. Let them play through us. The ball bouncing off Hawes back to uh, the Brentford player. And then uh, when Ross, they've got it, targets looked very slow to close him down and just a poor goal. And, um, you know, uh, it looked a bit like the villa of the, the bad villa of recent years. And I think we, I, I've been saying since Sherrod came in, you know, even during when we were winning when, at the start, that there's going to be bad days ahead. And this was one of them. Uh, and this is something that Gerard can learn from, figure out what needs to change within this team, maybe learn a few things about some of the character within the squad and uh, can, you know, work out where he yeah, needs to improve, basically. And I, I'm confident that Jared is the kind of guy who can fix that uh, going forward. Yeah. Well, he said after the game that um, we needed we needed more grit and we needed to be tough to play yeah. against. And that that has been our Achilles heel for, for months. I, I hate to sound like a broken record again, but we always talk about the need for a 
a strong, forceful, physical um, centre midfielder to kind of give us that tough spine because mm. it did seem at times quite easy uh, for Brentford to play their play their way through through that midfield to yeah. get their chances. And as you say, I think I think you're right. I think even though they had uh, far less of the ball, they had they had the clearer opportunities. Uh, you mentioned the Martinez save there, but they they did look more likely to score when they did have those opportunities where we yeah. were sort of huffing and puffing around their box, not really creating, creating too much, which was obviously a, um, a problem. I, I mean, with Gerard, he, he, he himself is quite a gritty character. I think he is, he, he is going to be someone who will uh, be looking um, avidly at, at addressing that, that problem. Yeah. Obviously we're now into the, the January transfer window and we'll be looking to, um, to make some changes, I think. That, I think that unfortunately for us, the COVID situation will make it um, will make it. Uh, I think quite difficult to make transfers, because, for example, you know, there might be a lot of clubs out there unwilling to let players go if there's no guarantee of finding replacements. Because before you know it, there'll be a COVID outbreak at the club, and then yeah. they're down a couple of players because they let them go to other clubs during the transfer window without replacing them in time. So, I think I think it's going to be a really funny transfer window, and if any business is going to be done. I do think it will take place at the tail end rather than at the early stages for, for us anyway. It mm-hmm. doesn't seem at the moment, I know we're only three days in, uh, that we're going to be making any signings um, ourselves. I, I know we've let, uh, well, we certainly let Keenan Davis go out on loan to, to Forest and, and Twan Zabi looks very likely to go out on loan to to Napoli. I know he's not our player to begin with, but he'll obviously um, finish his loan, his loan spell mm-hmm. at a different club this time. Um, but you know, with with those with those players leaving, that does give us even more scope to um, to 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 bring to bring players in. I said when Gerard uh, joined us that I don't think he would have necessarily been as keen to come if he wasn't guaranteed a chance to to change the side a little bit in January. Yeah. Um, so and you know here we are. So so that's something that we we do need to do. Um, yeah, I mean, in terms of the performance itself. <laughs> You know, we, we we play some nice stuff. I think we missed Nakamba. I don't really see Luis as as a player that can 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 break up play necessarily. He he can, he, he can do it to an extent, but he's just he's just not that sort of player. He's he's kind of a bit more of an eight, isn't he? Really, I think he's mm. kind of more box to box. He can obviously affect the game in more offensive areas. Um, although he hasn't scored in a while, we we know that he he can be he's capable of scoring some theatrical goals and. And and he and he takes he takes our corners, isn't he? He's he's probably a corner taker for us nowadays. So he does try and contribute to to those phases of play more than the defensive side in many ways. So yeah, it was it was just very disappointing. And and you're right, it did very much feel like a like a like a game um, uh, under Dean Smith, where we play some nice stuff. We have quite a fair bit of possession. We're just a bit toothless, and uh, we we lack that spine. Um, but as I say, I really hope that's something that we can look at and address um, certainly this transfer window and, and can can rectify before the end of the season at least. Yeah, I think you'd have to say Marvellous was a bit of a miss for us. I think he's been he did really well when he Gerard first came in. And I think a player like that, this transfer window is probably someone we need to replace quite urgently, I think. Um and then obviously we'll need a centre back as well. Uh, I mean, just um, I mean, some of the subs yesterday as well were interesting. Uh, Jacob Ramsey coming off, I wasn't. I can see why he did it. Um, he was on the yellow card, and um, you know, uh, wasn't. I wouldn't say it was Ramsey's best game, but I thought he was decent. He was all right, and mm. I actually thought that 
in the first half, the warning signs were kind of there um, at around the 30-minute mark when he got his yellow card. That I thought Villa had started, for all our possession, we started to look a bit sloppy. And I think that's kind of character, isn't it, sometimes? I think, it, you know, the top teams are not, don't they don't get sloppy, you know, they kill you off. And Brentford were there to be hammered, to be honest. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. You know, two, they had a few, they have their own injuries. They had two players had to come off themselves. And, you know, Villa have to learn. And we've been saying this for so long that, you know, how often do you see Villa like have a really, like, look pretty much the dominant team in the first half and just not kill a team off? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, so that's something we just, <laughs> under Gerard, that's something we absolutely have to rectify. Um, you know, I also have to say, you know, I, I thought it was a penalty on Trezeguet. Um, it was almost knocked out, but <laughs> it, it definitely wasn't yeah. a penalty on Trezeguet. No, no, I, I think I told you, didn't I, after the game, he did look just like Willem Dafoe in Platoon when he's gone down <laughs> in Vietnam. And he sort of theatrically throws his both arms up in the air and gazes up to the heavens as he collapses. Yeah. In the heat. It was, and it was, <laughs> it was the scream he let out and like... <laughs> yeah. The commentators go like, "Oh, could it? Could it be VAR? We'll check that." And like, yeah. The, the instant it happened, I was like, "This is definitely not." Yeah, I, I was, no. I was keen to watch it back, not because I knew it was a penalty, but I just, wa- I really wanted to see it in slow motion, high definition, just how theatrical that dive was, <laughs> yeah, and, it, yeah. and it, and it didn't disappoint. It was, uh, it was astounding. Ultra HD. Uh, yeah. Um, the, the thing was, like, he'd done really well to get into the position. Yeah, he's in. yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it, I did wonder this, you know, we talk about the creativity of Villa and I watched Matty Cash and Target going forward yesterday and something I kept noticing happening was like Target, I wouldn't say got forward too much that I can recall, but Cash, I do remember mm. getting forward a lot yeah. and often he wouldn't really be able to beat his man. So he turned back in and aimed to pass back to McGinn. Now, sometimes that works because McGinn can turn onto his left, you know, with his ample derriere and keep a player away and then send a ball in. And he's got a really dangerous whip cross, McGinn. Um, but Cash wasn't really doing that. And then when Trezeguet did it, I was like, well, that's something we've not done all game. Mm-hmm. And I think that's something Gerard would like to see from his fullbacks or his wingers a bit more often. So I thought it wasn't a great day out for the fullbacks. Uh, necessarily target seems to struggle a bit um he's not going through the best form at the moment Matt target as good as mm. he is um mm. and I do wonder if the style of play you know it's a bit more progressive whether Gerard might look for an alternative or just at least competition for him because he hasn't really had any competition in that position really for a few years now so that's probably an area I think Villa will look to improve whether this transfer window or perhaps in the summer. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's a, it's an interesting start for Gerard because it's, it's his fourth defeat. Yeah. Um, but then three of those obviously were against the the best three sides potentially in Europe. Mm. Um, best three sides, certainly in, in, in the Premier League. And this one just felt like we just gave it away. We, was, we just sort of threw it away. And it, it was, it was a defeat that didn't need to be a defeat so easily. I think that's where the frustration is. I, I, you can kind of, you can kind of, um, accepted a feat against a team you perceive to be weaker than you if you yeah. appreciate that that team just just they were all 10 out of 10s do you know what i mean yeah like they yeah. pulled out the bag it was a bit of a one-off performance and you say fair play brentford were better than us on the day and deserved their win yeah but it was it was it was as much us handing them the win than them having to necessarily work that hard for it and yeah. that's that's where the frustration is for sure and yeah i mean you know we you could say that we missed uh tyron mings you know we, it's his his leadership and his yeah 
his uh, positioning and, and everything else you know I, I think I think we struggled certainly I mean Horst to be fair normally he's he's a very um he's quite an admirable deputy when he comes in he's actually performed very well considering it's it's very difficult obviously to come in and play a game when you haven't played for for you know yeah, it's really hard months potentially it's, 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 it's hard it's hard to just come in but he's he's tended to tend to do well he didn't really flatter himself yesterday unfortunately no. um but yeah you know mings mings is our is our captain so you, you are going to miss his leadership qualities but it's it's hard to and watkins obviously although we don't know for sure that it was covid related we are kind of i think we'd like to believe it is so hopefully he'll be he'll be uh back up and running for the next game but um you know brentford themselves had their problems as you say they had two players even coming off uh you know two forced changes uh during the game so we can't really we can't really blame injuries uh, on, no. on the either it was just it was just we for whatever reason just did not perform to the level that we all know they can play at and certainly that Gerard Gerard would would expect of them it was just character that, that's yeah. really felt like it to me yeah, yeah, yeah. um yeah. and you know if when Alan Pardew's brought in and Gerard is sacked he'll bring <laughs> that back in of course he will who else would be who else would be like from that sort of managerial era you could be like Ian Dowie get Dowie in <laughs> Dowie ball just yeah, the sort of mid nineties grit players. Just just bring them, yeah, bring them in to take take over the club. They know, they'll, 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 yeah, they'll know what they're doing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's disappointing, and we'll just have to, you know, we've got a, it's a horrible cliche. You got to dust yourself down and um, and uh, look ahead to the next game, haven't you, Frankie? As Villa fans, we do a lot of dusting down. We do. We we've do. done a lot. All Villa, no filler on Twitter, Instagram. And Facebook. Welcome back, everybody. Now it is time for this. I'm throwing some new flavors into the show to crank up the heat to scorching hot, lava hot in this the spicy question. It's here where we cover the controversial topics and even sometimes get the creative juices flowing. And today, George, I'm asking you quite a scary question. Links over the weekend of Ollie Watkins to Arsenal. Just how bad a day would that be for Villa if Ollie Watkins ended up going to North London? Oh, that that certainly is a very scary question um, to be uh, to be asked. In the new year, for sure. Uh, I mean, that would be. I think what would make it worse for me is is our recent um, sort of almost like weird transfer rivalry that we have with Arsenal. Yeah. So do, do you remember? You know, obviously we were we were both heavily linked with Emmy Wendia, and then yeah. every you know every day you'd go on Twitter and then be Villa fans slagging off Arsenal, Arsenal fans slagging off Villa. Yeah. Um, and then eventually he picked us, and then when then all of a sudden we're gloating, we're gloating Villa fans, and they're saying, "Oh, we didn't want him anyway." And then, and then we go in for Emil Smith Rowe, and then we're saying, "Oh, you know, he's coming to Villa. Don't don't worry about it. He signs a new contract. Arsenal fans gloating. So it's it's like you know, if there is any transfer business between us in the future, I, it, it'll just leave a sour taste. Yeah. And Watkins to Arsenal. I mean, he'd certainly improve them. Definitely. Uh, I actually saw another link uh, between. Um, Douglas Luis and Arsenal. I don't know if you saw that. Yeah, I did. Um, I think it was ESPN maybe, were reporting all this over the week. Yeah, I think, I think so. you're right. So, so maybe there'll be a double transfer swoop. Swoop. I hate that word. <laughs> um, but um, 
it's very club call that isn't it Do you remember club yeah. call yeah. <laughs> villa linked with double transfer swoop yeah, yeah. um so uh let me just say i can't see it happening you know watkins is obviously getting a run of games under gerard he's doing well he's scoring goals again um his uh, his absence against brentford i mean he would have he would have hated it as much as anybody else because you know former club and everything he would have wanted to and you know continue his his, his scoring rate but yeah he's he is going to be linked to, to clubs for sure but i just i just don't see it i just don't see it happening i i think i think um i don't know i don't know if if arsenal could could afford him could would watkins's head be turned by it possibly maybe mm. particularly you know if arsenal they they they're you know at the top end of the table if they finish in the top 4 even in the top 6 and make it into a european spot could that be enough to convince him to to move on Possibly, as things stand, I can't, I can't see it happening. But you know, football being football, you you never know. But I, w- I would be very aggrieved, mainly because of of how much I kind of dislike Arsenal when it comes to <laughs> when it comes to recent tra- transfer business. I don't know how you feel about it. All those gloating Twitter pages that are like kind of they're just they're just awful. I hate I hate them so much. There's Twitter pages that have like a thousand followers and like the profile pictures of like a player. It's yeah, always like yeah, it's yeah. always like a player, so it's like an anonymous kind of account that basically just exists to wind up other rival fans yeah, like, uh, yeah i see yeah. it or like city see like some city fan account that'll be like sergio aguero having a go at villa fans about Grealish and whatever so yeah it's just kind of all over the internet isn't it really um how many of those accounts do you run secretly george i bet you've got about 10 <laughs> burner accounts haven't you <laughs> yeah just a few and I, and, I, and I solely target arsenal fans as well hashtag smith row to villa it's happening <laughs> Like like Photoshop Smith Rowe's head onto like you know an Aston Villa player's body as he's yeah. signing a contract. Um, Arteta is Gerard's assistant or something. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, yeah, I, yeah. I think I think that's it though, isn't it? It's it's kind of the the the, the online stuff is is where it gets kind of really kind of bitter and pathetic when it comes yeah, to transfer business. I think I think in the days before before Twitter, when all we had were, were club call, club me, me call and you ringing and... up the club call. Yeah. <laughs> credit those those were the days bit of hooliganism every now and again as well you know real life altercations rather than online altercations. <laughs> yeah, exactly yeah 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 I've, i mean I, th- I think ollie watkins i'm i think i'm chairman of the ollie watkins fan club i've been endlessly raving about how brilliant i think he is um and i think he'd be a huge loss huge loss for villa i mean i only bring this point up because it has been reported over the weekend and you know so, some of the rumors are driven by sort of a we're not exactly sure why Ollie didn't play over the weekend. We assume it's COVID related, but it's not a definitive answer on that. Um, so, I mean, I don't see Ollie Watkins going in the January transfer window. I'd be extremely surprised at that. Um, but look, I think he's good enough for England. I think he's the kind of player who could get 20 goals a season and more. Um, I think he probably has a couple of flaws in his game that perhaps the absolute elite strikers don't have, but I think that's something he can work on. Um, and a lot of it probably comes down to, you know, I mean, it obviously has his Arsenal links as well. I believe he was an Arsenal fan growing up. Um, so obviously that does make you quite nervous. And what, what sort of a message does it send, you know, if we lose another, we just, it's like, if we lose another big player and who's to say there won't be other big players that go. And at the same time, if we want to buy, I mean, we've spent a lot of money in the last few years and we're probably going to get to a point where we actually have to sell players for big fees to be able to mm. buy more players. There's that element to it as well. So I, I am quite, I'm not exactly confident um, about this summer, um, but this transfer window, I just absolutely 
I'd be stunned, absolutely stunned if that happened. I mean, like, yeah, I, I can't, I can't, as I said before, I can't see it happening it happening in January for sure. I think, I think perhaps what might strengthen the, those links is, you know, he he was a Dean Smith signing. Um, you know, Dean Smith had worked with him before at Brentford, so clearly they did have a personal relationship uh, to to fall back on before before he signed for Villa anyway. Um, Watkins to Norwich. <laughs> yes, I mean, I mean, he'd certainly help in their relegation battle. That's for yeah. sure. Um, but. Um, yeah, uh, I don't know. I mean, I think I think Gerard does rate him, and I'm obviously, you know, he has been picking yeah. him over Ings um, in the games that he's been fit and available. It's just been a very stop-start season for Watkins, and yeah, I think has, that that, yeah. that will again. Uh, that's that's more. It's more gutting for him, really, because he's had injuries. You know, he sort of had COVID potentially. Um, his form has been a bit hit and miss, as it has as has our form as a, as a mm. team this season. Um, very stop start and then the whole Danny Ings situation you know where he's been shunted out to the left at times or so he hasn't really been playing in a settled formation either the way he was last season um and given the fact that you know he had such a good season with us last year and he would have been looking and he broke into the England team he'd obviously be looking to build on that this season and mm. that just hasn't happened if anything is kind of regressed not through any any fault of his own really it's more to do with injuries and 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 tactics and managerial changes so mm. it's just been a very unfortunate year I mean I do hope that he's thinking more kind of long term and thinking you know well next season Gerard will hopefully play me as the main man uh, as he has done so far since he's come in and you know he worked wonders with Morelos you know Morelos being that kind of lone striker at, at Rangers um, you know Watkins could kind of be that sort of player for, for us so yeah I, I, hope, I hope he does but I'll be, I'll be honest he doesn't strike me as one of those players who I think will stay at Villa for a long time. Do you, do, do mm. you know what I mean? Yeah. I, I do think he's got, he's he, he's probably very, very ambitious. I mean, God knows he's done so well to make his way up the football pyramid from Exeter to Brentford to Villa. You know, he might be thinking, well, why why not aim for a club competing in Europe? And if Arsenal mm. do finish in the top six, that could be something that will, will turn his head. Yeah, it's uh, certainly a concern. You know, Arsenal as well, they're losing Aubameyang. But most likely, and I think Lacazette as well, possibly. So they're definitely a club who need a striker. And I think some of it might come down to who's in the top four at the end of the season. I think it's going to be possibly right to the wire between Spurs and Arsenal. I feel like Conte's got Spurs worked out and Conte's just such an amazing manager. Would I put it past someone like Chelsea to fall away randomly? Mm, I'm not sure. I think the top three are the top three this season. Mm, And then... uh, Tottenham or Arsenal. And uh, if I was to bet, I'd actually go for Tottenham. Um, But... Yeah, I think definitely the Watkins thing. It, it does that. Those links we've sort of seen over the weekend. It does uh, raise some concerns. Uh, uh, hopefully, it doesn't happen because um, I think you know, as a club, we just have to have got to hold on to it. We've got to, there has to come a point in time where we hold on to our best players um, and no longer seen as a as a club where someone develops and then just goes. You know, we've got to event if we're going to compete with these top six clubs and the only way to do it is to hold on to our best players. That was the spicy question and both George and I are very keen to see Ollie Watkins stay at Aston Villa for as long as possible. If you have an opinion on that, you can email us at allvillanofiller at gmail.com or you can get in touch on Facebook, Instagram or Twitter.
Okay, let's look ahead to Villa's next game on Monday, January the 10th, COVID permitting, of course. That's when we travel to Old Trafford to play Man United in the FA Cup. Of course, we play them in the league uh, in the fixture after that. Frankie, can we repeat the 1-0 win we got earlier this season at the so-called Theatre of Dreams? Well, let's start Courtney Hawes and see what happens. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I mean... I. I well, I don't really think United have looked particularly great under Rangnick. Um, you're already hearing some quite negative um, signals coming out of United about Rangnick, which is incredible. He's barely been there. And um, some of the stuff I've read, even just Gary Neville commenting about, you know, Ronaldo and Bruno Fernandes walking off the pitch uh, after the Newcastle draw, not um, acknowledging the fans and him questioning what that means, you know, for young players to see that. Uh, I'd, I, yeah, I personally don't think United are all that. Um, and I do think we can go and repeat exactly what we did earlier this season. Um, the question is, you know, how do Villa bounce back from this really bad um, result against Brentford? And um, Gerard, you would think, as a Liverpool man um, or former Liverpool man, would be really up for beating Man United. Um, I'd like to think he gets really into the players this week, wants to find out more about their characters, says to them, well, go and show me what sort of characters you really are in a game at Old Trafford. To beat them twice in a row at Old Trafford, I mean, you know, it's 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 a tough ask, but uh, just the way United are, are yeah, I think we can. Um, mm. We beat them last time playing 3-5-2, didn't we? So back to the 3-5-2. <laughs> uh, one, night, one night only. Yeah. I'm not currently impressed with United under Rangnick and um, uh, just about anything about United really at the moment. And so, yeah, I do think they're there to be beaten. I think Stephen Gerrard was asked after the Brentford game that he sees, you know, cup runs as being quite an important part of, of what yeah. he wants to do at Villa. And, you know, he wants to, he wants us to win a cup. God knows it's been long enough. Um, <laughs> so, you know, to try and, to try and focus energies in the FA Cup, I think would be, would be a good thing because we're not we're not going to get relegated. I mean, touch wood, um, but we're not. Let's be honest, we're not going to get relegated. It's very unlikely that we're going to make a push for Europe. We're probably going to finish somewhere in the mid table. So, you know, why not uh, make a go of it in 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 the cup? Um, drawn against United again in the FA Cup. I mean, Incredible. it's ridiculous what the history earth? that we have. That the st- high just the statistical likelihood of that happening in the third round. So uh, uh, commonly, it's just it's pretty yeah. bad. It's pretty low. It is. It is astonishing. Um, yeah, I know they should have done what they did in the Champions League and did it again. Yeah. <laughs> um, Suck. <laughs> Aston Villa have drawn Man United again. Oh, yeah. I know. Oh. That's exactly what it would be like. Um, but but yeah, it is. It is farcical. Anyway, it is what it is. So we've got to get on with it. Um, you know, United. United's priorities this season uh, will obviously be to finish in the top four. They've got a very, very strong squad um, and they will rotate it, no doubt. I really hope we put out a strong team to face them. Um, yeah, I think we and, will. And, give it, and I think we will too. I think we've got to give it a real go. But also to kind of give a sense that we are a team that's capable of beating, you know, the perceived big clubs. Because obviously since Gerard's taken over, he's lost to City, uh, uh, Chelsea and, and uh, Liverpool. Uh, United are a big club, obviously, and and if we can get a win over them, albeit in the FA Cup, I know we play in the league after. Let's let's just let's get the tri- the triple win this season over United. Yeah. Um, but if we can do it, I think that will be a, a bit of a morale booster. I think particularly at Old Trafford as well, which has always been a place we've struggled at historically. Um, so uh, so yeah, I, I I hope I hope we can do it. 
I'd be intrigued to know what side he puts out. Um, yeah. You know, we, we saw, we're seeing players coming back now from long-term injuries. Obviously, we saw Traore start against Brentford. Will he get another start at Old Trafford? Trezeguet obviously came on as a sub. Will he get a start? Uh, will Watkins be fit enough to to play or available to play? Will he come back in? Um, yeah. And, you know, will he experiment in terms of the kind of midfield and give the young players like Chuck will make her a start. Um, yeah. It will be, yeah. I mean, it'll be, it will be quite an intriguing, uh, intriguing team that he, that he puts out. I'll be, I'll be very interested to see what, what he does. I think he'll go full strength, but I think one player we really will miss in these big games is Marvellous Nakamba. Um, mm. I think that the role he fills is a really important, crucial role. Uh, and he was a big part of why we looked quite solid against, um, I know we lost, but you know against City and Liverpool, we uh, we put in a really good showing against probably the two best teams in the world at the moment. And I think Marvellous and Campbell really helped in that in those games. Um, and I th- may, you know, maybe it's noticeable since he's got injured that Villa haven't particularly played very well. I thought we weren't very good against Chelsea, mm-hmm. um, and we were poor against Brentford. I mean, Matt, look, I don't want to put too much on Marvellous, but you know, he's a big miss for the way we're playing at the moment. So he'll be missed, I think, at Old Trafford. But, you know, I think you're right. Maybe he will give an opportunity to one or two others. Maybe Samson will get a start um, again. But I think he'll really go for it. Uh, and, you know, hopefully we can uh, sort out uh, the theatre of dreams. Um, I don't know. We'll, we, we've, there's a lot to find out about both clubs and their character at the moment, I think. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, as I said before, uh United will obviously play a very reshuffled pack against us. I have, I have no doubt. Um, they, they obviously play this different, quite interesting formation under Ranić, very, very narrow. Mm. Um, you know, we, we've become a bit, bit sort of narrower in terms of how we play. Um, obviously, bar the, bar the wing backs and the full backs that obviously get up quite high and wide. But um, there could be a lot of a lot of action kind of in the in in the midfield and and it could get a bit a little bit bogged down. I'd be intrigued to know if intrigued to see if it will be quite an exciting or expansive game or whether whether it will be kind of a bit of a battle and and you know <laughs> no doubt United will get some contentious penalty decision. Oh in the yeah, 89th <laughs> minute to win it one nil. I can totally again yeah. see that happening. Um, Amy Mars is dancing in front of the Stretford end again. I'd quite like quite like to see that. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Well, hopefully with the same end result. Um, um, but but yeah, I think you're right about marvelous. I know you mentioned it before. We have missed him since he's been out, and and we miss his physicality. I, I meant to sort of ask as well earlier. Um, uh, we've we've been quite strongly linked with um, Dennis Akaria, the the Swiss midfielder. Yeah, I saw that. He's been at Borussia Mönchengladbach. Um, again, I, it's it's one of those things where you know I think he's he's been linked with quite a few teams really, and it's it's mm. probably his agent touting him out. Perhaps who knows? But um, he could perhaps be someone that. That uh, uh, that could sort of fill that gap, um, certainly to the end of the season, and maybe, maybe, maybe a sort of longer term as well. Yeah, he's a good player, Zakaria. What I've seen of him, I've done a lot of Bundesliga highlights over the years. So yeah, I have seen him. He's, he's a decent uh, player. I, I'd be cagey about it though, because you know, Villa and Jan Langer apparently don't like transfer links being uh, revealed before time and. It's not really Villa style, I think, to be linked with a player. We've seen it all with Rashid Surf, you know, and these players that we get linked with for a long time that never join. So I, I'd be very doubtful that Zakaria ends up at Villa. But um, I do think we will sign a couple of players this 
um, transfer window, even on loan, um, just because clearly we have a big hole in the midfield now um, and that centre-back with Axel Twanzabi on his way by the looks of it. But yeah, um, the issue of dreams, here we come. Under the floodlights, <laughs> Monday night, can't wait. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And it'll be, it'll be, it'll be a good game. I think one of my earliest memories is, um, is when we played a night game uh, at Villa Park. I think it might have been 93 or 94. Uh, where we lost 3-1 and I saw Lee Sharp in the Sharpie Shuffle for the first time. Uh, did you? The Sharpie Shuffle. The Sharpie Shuffle. Do you know he was a Villa fan, Lee Sharp? Really? I did not know That's that. Fan, no, yeah. no, no. I did not know that. He's from Hales, Owen. Is he? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow, I had no idea. Lee wow, Sharp. there we go. Hales, Owen. Because I, I remember he was on Soccer AM, like, year 2002, whatever. When his, He was still young, but his career went south very quickly didn't yeah it, it did i i remember yeah i kind of thought particularly after that game anyway i thought oh wow this guy's this guy's destined for greatness and then it just just never never really happened and You're, i remember when when beckham came through everyone was seeing he was up like the next to lee sharp because he had the kind of like boy band good looks and yeah you know that sort of that sort of thing so um yeah it, it, yeah i've just read his wikipedia now lee sharp yeah Retired from football in 2003, but he continued with the appearances in celebrity wrestling, celebrity <laughs> Love Island, dancing on ice, and a minor role in Coronation Street. So wow. This guy. What a, um, what a, what a, what a guy. It's hard to explain to like, younger listeners. Like, Lee Sharp was a big deal in the 90s, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, he as I say, he was a bit of a supernova. He burnt bright for a very short period of time, but... But when he did, like you know, everyone everyone was talking about him. He was like, yeah. you know, the next. He he was genuinely the next big thing. Um, I mean, he didn't he didn't look like a Villa fan when he scored against us. That's for sure. No. <laughs> he like he loved it even more. I, I think that celebration he got in trouble with Fergie for when he grabbed the corner flag and he'd be singing into it. Remember that? There's like an amazing <laughs> photo of him like like grabbing the, the uh, corner flag as if it's a microphone and all the fans cheering after a goal. It's so good. And yeah. Uh, Iconic. Yeah. And then Fergie wasn't happy with it. So I think, uh, yeah, very considering that it was like at the peak of his powers, it sold him off to Leeds and he just wasn't the same. I think sometimes, I guess, if you leave the top club and you go down a level in your mid twenties, it's got to, can't be easy i think you know you sort of think mm. right winning things is going to be harder now um you know, yeah it's, it, it, i think i think it is difficult it's almost like you want to be if you're going to make it a professional footballer you don't you don't want to peak too soon yeah uh because because i'm sort of feeling i feel that way a little bit about marcus rashford that you know he's come through at united he's so young did so well got into the england team i think he, i think he's england's youngest ever goal scorer as well you know and 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 from that point you're thinking, well, he can only get better and better and better. But for, unless you're like Messi or you know just some once in a generation player, there's there's always a ceiling that you, you hit. Yeah. And if and it, and if you hit that ceiling at a young age, when most people think, oh, we can still do more, we can still do more, then people just seem to think you've you washed up. And I think psychologically yeah. that can that can affect you when you when you compare to someone like Jamie Vardy, who was you know just in utter obscurity for so long and Drogba as well Drogba, Drogba. Both Harry, 24. Harry Kane Harry Kane was you know he, he wasn't anyone who was touted to be like the next big thing for so long went out on loan to loads of random clubs like Leighton Orient and Leicester 
and then kind of got a chance because Spurs essentially didn't have any decent, like they had no good strikers. For yeah. them. I think, I think they, 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 they persisted with Soldado for so long. And then eventually they just, they said, oh, let's give Kane a chance. But I did see him score at Villa Park. Yes. I think that was, that was the goal that launched him. He came, I think he came on as like a second half sub, scored a goal against us deep in mm. like injury time classic. Save Pochettino's then, and was given, job, didn't it? Yeah. And then, yeah. and then Pochettino stuck with him and then he went on to be the most ridiculous striker in Absolutely years. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I guess it's, it's strange. If, if you're talking about young players and maybe Pizza early, I think Dele Alli is a good example of that now as well. He just looks um, not really the same uh, at all, really. Uh, and he's only, what, 25? Uh, yeah. Three years ago, he was quality player. And now it's, the last couple of years, I've just been like, what is, what is he now? I don't know. Um, yeah. Yeah, uh, so hopefully none of our young lads, you know, Jacob Ramsey, um, one of our own. I, I mean, I've got big plans from lifting the Champions League trophy in two years. <laughs> I, think, I, do th- I do think you are at advantage if you play for a club that's that's not under so much scrutiny. So I mentioned yeah, obviously the Rashford so. example. If you play for United, you, you, everything is going to be like... yeah all eyes are going to be on you from across the world. But if you're a club like, say, Declan Rice, for example, unless yeah. you're a West Ham fan and kind of follow them closely and think, oh, this is a player called Declan Rice in the academy. He looks cute. We had it with Grealish. You know, no, no yeah, one exactly, took Grealish yeah. seriously for so long until until Villa in the Premier League for the first time. So, well, yeah. uh, first time in a few years. So, yeah, it's, 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 probably, it's probably that, isn't it? It's down to which club you're at. And, and I don't think, yeah, with Ramsey, I think no... There are a couple of people talking about him, but not really much outside Villa Park, and hopefully that stays yeah. that stays uh, as it is. It was really, Ian Wright mentioned him on Match Today recently, and I was like, "Oh, this yeah. is the first <laughs> bit of like, being... yeah." Because right, right, I love, I love right as a pundit. Yeah. he's brilliant. Um, and uh, he's so he's so astute a lot of the time. And uh, when he mentioned that about Ramsey, I was like, "Oh, okay, he's gotten getting a bit noticed now." Yeah, um, it's one and, of those things where, in like five years' time, when Ramsey sold to Man City for 120 million pounds, yeah. that Ian Wright will be like, we'll, "We'll bring up that article from five years previous, being like, I told you, I told yeah. you, yeah. yeah, I knew it." Villa yeah. having to watch another play go to Man City. Um, yeah, yeah, uh, uh, but yeah, this uh, also this old Trafford fixture, um, the Man United third round FA Cup. We, I was at the game where we played the lucky losers. Remember the lucky losers? So the year Man United uh, left, the, didn't play in the FA. That's Cup. right. Yeah, because they had to play. They played in the World Champ World Club Championship. Yeah, because they won. They won the uh, uh, the Champions League. Lost two yeah, nil yeah. to uh, Nicaxa from Mexico. Yeah, um, <laughs> and I remember um, we 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 even drew that year the team that was supposed to be Manchester United. We drew Darlington. Uh, yeah. And uh, I went to that game, one two one, and I remember get I was I was sat right behind the Darlington fans. I just remember the abuse they were turning around and giving Villa fans when they scored was like absolutely hilarious. Where were Darlington then? Because because oh, they fallen off sort of the edge of a cliff in recent. They were years. like league. What today would be league two, I think. Oh, were they? Okay. They were pretty low down. Yeah, it's it's just fascinating that this fixture is just so. It's almost like written in the stars that it just has to happen and. I'm not sure if you've ever beaten them. <laughs> no, ever. This is the thing. <laughs> this is the thing. We, we always draw them and we always lose against them. It's not It's yeah. not like we have this kind of like long running rivalry. I always find like whenever we play, say, Everton, obviously it's a league fixture when we play them. Um, but it's there is that kind of le- kind of element of whenever we do, there's always a game because yeah. we, we've always been about the same sort of level. So it could go one way, it could go the other. It's always quite yeah. an entertaining match. But then whenever we play someone like Man United, well, actually specifically Man United, we just never, 
never ever beat them no. never ever even um, when do you remember when we were two nil up after the own goal from i think it was phil neville uh like 2002 ish and we were two nil up in like the 65th minute yeah and then they brought on Solskjaer. And you just knew what was going to happen. Brought, I think actually, I think they brought on Van Nisseroy. And you were like, oh, I'll stop. And then as soon as Solskjaer got a goal, you were like, oh, no, yeah. we know what's going to happen here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Turned yeah, it around definitely. and won 3-2 in the last 20 minutes. You're like, this is just that that just summed it up, didn't it? Like, yeah. They definitely summed up Fergie's United, I would say. Yeah. I'm not entirely sure if we were tuning up against the Ralph Ranier command United, um, whether necessarily they would turn it around as much, but um, but yeah, I mean, there's always that fear, isn't it? I mean, even even if you go one nil or two nil up at, against United at home or away, there's always that dread, that historical dread, that big millstone hanging over your head that um, United will find a way to turn it turn it around. Penalty. Ju- yeah, it'll be a, a dubious decision on the pitch. <laughs> yeah. uh, it will be some sort of yeah content- contentious red card to you know yeah. Douglas Luiz or something. Um, so yeah, yeah, I'm 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 wary, but also kind of weirdly. Kind of weirdly confident that you know, depending what who, what team United put out, bearing in mind it's 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 not their priority this season, bearing in mind that it kind of is quite important to us. Um, if we do have a full strength team to pick from, and we do pick a strong side, and we've beaten them once already this season at Old Trafford, there is a part of me that thinks we could get some, we could get something out of it. We could yep. get we could get through to the next round. Send on Courtney Hawes the 85th minute. See what happens. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Super sub Courtney Hawes. Um, yeah, I mean, if I'm going to put a prediction on it, Frankie, I'm, I am going to say I do think we'll give it a we'll give it a go. And I don't think it'll be a a, a, a high scoring game. It, I I think it might go to penalties actually, and in which case I think United might might go through on pens. Um, but I would. I wouldn't be surprised if we if we do get through ourselves. I'd, I'd back Emmy Martinez over David De Gea. Would you? Yeah. So yeah. I, I think we're putting a really good display, but I think United edge it. Yeah. What in in normal time? Yeah. Yeah. Two one. Two one. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Positive yeah, that, thinking. Yeah. I, well, ex- exactly. I know. And then we'll we'll get our revenge at Villa Park. Well, we've not won in 27 years against Manchester United in the, in yeah. the game following. Well, and that kind of that kind of makes me think that we might we might win in the FA Cup but lose in the league. You know, I think Cavani. I feel like Cavani will score for them or something. That's that's yeah. who I think will get a goal for him. Yeah, very possibly. Well, maybe Rashford, seeing I've been slagging him off all this podcast, yeah. he'll probably turn <laughs> up and be amazing. So the, go, the yeah. ghost of Lee Sharp past running on the pitch for a little sharpie shuffle as well. <laughs> Who knows? Goes home to Hal Zoe afterwards. Yeah. Okay. Thank you, everybody, for listening. I've been your host, George Zielinski. See you later, Frankie. Thank you, George. Happy New Year and up the villa. And Happy New Year to you too, Frankie. And it's goodbye from me. We'll be back to review the United game, both of them. Uh, but until then, come on, Super Aston Villa.